بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا سکس آف ڈسمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی way into the future Allah the Almighty and Glorious mentions in his glorious book in Surah 74 verse 42 to 3 the translation what has caused you to enter hell they will say we were not of those who used to offer salah <laughs> we were not of those who used to offer salah so here Allah the Almighty and Glorious who knows past, present and future is mentioning something way in the future and these are the people who will end up in hell and what do they say is the first reason they ended up in hell we were not of those who used to offer salah So think about that. That's Qati mentioned in the Quran. So if you are not offering Salah, what is the difference between you and the people of hell? Notice they didn't mention anything else. Surely they committed other sins. Why was that the very first thing they mentioned? So on the same theme, those who offer their Salah regularly, that is an immense protection from the fire. And similarly in Surah Maryam, Allah, Surah 19 verse 59, Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, There has succeeded a posterity which have given up Salah and followed their lust, they will be thrown into the hell. So here Allah the Almighty and Glorious said, A generation succeeded and they gave up Salah and the Shahawat they followed. What does he say? they will be thrown into the fire. Mm. So note in the Quran, Allah Ta'ala clearly mentions the utmost importance of Salah. If you guard it, <coughs> you will be guarded. If you do not guard it, you will end up in the dreaded fire. Turning to our beloved messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, our beloved mother Aisha Radiyallahu said, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, He used to talk to us and we would talk to him. But when the time of Salat started, <coughs> he would act as if we did not know him or if he did not know us. Subhanallah. <coughs> so look how beautiful. He would be with his family and he would mix with them, talk to them like every husband father would. But then Aisha said something amazing. Radiyallahu. When the Salat time entered, either Azan was called, he was a different person. Because he would act as if we didn't know him, <coughs> nor did he know us. <coughs> so what image do you get? You get the image that this was the most important thing in the Prophet's life. <laughs> When something is of the utmost importance, everything around you fades. You notice that. <laughs> so he, his family faded. <laughs> Because he was a different person. The pious predecessors imitated this prophetic guidance. The famous Tabi'een Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib 
So who is this? Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib rahmatullah's grandfather was a sahaba. <coughs> he was one of those few blessed souls who pledged allegiance under the tree. The Prophet wasallam said anybody who pledged allegiance under the tree will not enter the fight. His grandfather's name was Hazan. And the Prophet wasallam told him to change his name. He goes, your name means grief. So it's better to change it. So what did Hazan radiyallahu say? I don't want to change the name my father gave me. And then Sa'id, his grandson said, ever since that day, we've been full of grief. Meaning that that not only affected my grandfather, I that sharpness, that harshness, it affected my father, Al-Musayyib, and now it's affected me. So this was the grandson. So Sa'id ibn Al-Musayyib, and his name means happy, which is interesting. As if his father wanted to undo what his granddad had done. But it still affected him. And that also shows that names not only affect you, they affect your children and your grandchildren. So you should change your name immediately if it has a, if it has a negative connotation. So Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib, he married Abu Huraira's daughter. He became the son-in-law of Abu Huraira. Abu Huraira had great love for him. Abu Huraira radiyallahu said, I hope that me and you will enter the market in paradise, O Sa'id. And it was a place the Prophet mentioned that you can change your image. So what does it mention in the beginning of the hadith? Abu Huraira goes, I wish me and you are there, O Sa'id. So why did Abu Huraira love Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib and he gave him his daughter? In Abu Nu'im al-Hiliya, volume 2, page 163, Sifat al-Safa, volume 2, page 80, the servant of Sa'id, Burd, rahmatullah he said, for 40 years, the azan was never called, but Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib would be in the masjid before it was called. So for 40 years, he never heard the azan outside. So think about that. Is that a normal statement? If, some, if somebody asks you, where did you hear the azan? I heard, I heard it in my home. I heard it on the street. Imagine somebody says, I've only heard it inside the masjid. So you're going to query, because what, what do you mean you only heard it inside the masjid? I am ready for the salat. I don't wait for the azan. So for 40 years, Saeed said, Rahmatullah I was in the masjid. Sayyid ibn al-Musayyib also said in Abu Nu'im al-Hiliya volume 2 page 163 For the past 50 years I have never missed takbir tahrima the opening takbir nor have I stood behind the man in salah I would be always in the first row So now somebody goes 50 years he didn't miss opening takbir So somebody goes what's the virtue of that? The virtue of the opening takbir the Prophet said whoever offers 40 days salah in the masjid in congregation without mentioning the opening takbir he is given the proclamation of being free from the fire and hypocrisy so for 40 days if you can do it 40 days means 200 salats without mentioning the opening takbir so that's the goal that we should all aspire to in masjid in nabi is reduced to eight days if you offer 40 prayers in my masjid, the Prophet said, without missing the opening tabir, a proclamation is made that you are free from the fire and hypocrisy. So normal masjid, 40 days, without missing opening tabir. Masjid al-Nabi, 8 days. That's in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, Hafiz ibn Hajar said, Hassan in Fatul Bari. Now how strange are those reports to the Salaf? Don't you think Sa'id heard these reports? What did he say? 50 years I never missed opening takbir. 
So how far above did he go over that recommendation? When we hear the report, we think it's a mountain. We think, how am I going to do that? 40 days without mentioning. And that's how funny the report is to us. When the Salaf heard it, it was like, just for that, Ya Rasulullah. So for 50 years, he didn't miss the opening. That we... So let me ask you a question. Did he spend his life well before he died? Think about that. You know, these were the real deal, as they say, the real people. What do we do? Forget about opening takbir. Right? You know, the salat goes out of window. 50 years, then what did he say? I've always prayed in the front of. Don't you think Abu Huraira saw that? And he goes, he's going to marry my daughter. So these are the people you look for. And also, this beautiful report, when he gave his daughter to him, same night Abu Huraira comes to Sayyid Ibn al-Masayyib's dwelling. So Sayyid gets a bit embarrassed, he's thinking, what does my father-in-law want? And when he goes to his dwelling, he goes, is my daughter treating you fine? So Sayyid goes, yes. Oh, you know, mashallah, you know, how he addressed him. He goes, of course she is. He goes, I just thought I'd check. So he wasn't coming for his daughter. He was telling, he was saying that is she up to your standard? So no, this was the great Sayyid. What else do we know about Sayyid Ibn al-Masayyib? He would get irritated when people didn't offer prayer properly. So once he saw Hajjaj bin Yusuf praying and he wasn't praying properly, you know, he was like maybe not straightening his bike and this, that. So he got some pebbles, he started throwing it in Salat. So the people thought he's dead because Hajjaj was the governor. So when he finished Salat, he had a look at uh, Saeed and he didn't say anything to him, but he got angry. So the people said to Saeed, that's Hajjaj. He goes, didn't his father teach him how to pray? So then Hajjaj walked over to him and Saeed then told him, didn't your father teach you how to pray? And Hajjaj didn't say anything to him. Many years later, when Hajjaj becomes governor, gives him more authority by the Umayyads, he goes back to Masjid al-Nabi. And they think Saeed's had it, because Hajjaj never forgets whoever insults him. He goes over to Saeed and he hugs him. He's ever since you told me, I've, saw, I've sorted my salat out. <laughs> so even the tyrant had affection for him. And in the days of Harrah, when Yazid sent his forces to Al-Madin, because they brought their Pledge of Allegiance, there was anarchy in the holy city. The only person who remained and was brave enough to stay in Masjid al-Nabi was Sayyid ibn al-Musayyib. And the soldiers of Yazid came in and they were killing everybody. They had three days, they could do anything they want for three days. They saw Sayyid and he goes, oh, he's mad. And then Sayyid, rahmatullah he goes, I could only hear the azan, I could only know the time of salat by hearing the azan from Rasulullah's grave. He actually heard the Prophet doing the azan in the grave, calling him to salat. So why was he given all this honor by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because he guarded his salat. So now, let's turn to others. Amr ibn Abdullah, another one of the salaf, rahmatullah in Sifat al-Safa, volume 2, page 131, Hafiz Zahbi in his Seer, volume 5, page 220. When Amr ibn Abdullah was on his deathbed, he's dying. He said, lead me by my hand. They said to him, you are dying. You're excused from congregation. He said, how can I hear the Mu'azzin and not respond to him? They then took him by his hand and his home was fortunately near the masjid. He started the Maghrib Salah behind the Imam and he died upon the first Rakat. <laughs> so now let's look at this. He's not ill. <laughs> Somebody goes, oh, this guy is ill. 
get him to masjid. You don't think he's ill? He goes, yeah, so what's the problem? People think when you're ill, I don't need to pray in the masjid. No, that's a concession. Concession means you, it's better for you to still go. But we think, no, it's better for us not to go. Rasulullah also struggled to, and he went to pray. So the Lord is So Ahmed ibn Abdullah, imagine, he's literally dying. He hears the azan, he goes, rush to salat. He goes, get me, I'm ready to go. So imagine what state he was in, probably being dragged. He offers the first rafat, he dies. <laughs> so how did he leave the world? In salah. <laughs> so who was Ahmed ibn Abdullah? One of the salaf. So what does that tell you about the salaf? Salat was everything to them. <laughs> Compare the concern for the congregation of prayer of the salaf to many of us. <laughs> what a state of affairs in here. <laughs> People don't even think it's important. Because I've prayed with them. Because where did you pray? I prayed at home. And then one of the salaf actually said, when did your menses stop? <laughs> right? You know, that's how they respond. When did you become a woman? And the person goes, oh, what do you mean? Be, he goes, well, you're playing at home. Oh, you know, maybe you're a woman. It has also been recorded that Ar-Rabi ibn Khaytam, another one of the salaf, rahmatullah he became partially paralyzed. Half his body or part of his body became paralyzed. He would still go to the masjid helped by two men. Because I haven't got an excuse. And Abu Nu'im al-Hiliya volume 2, page 113, they said, Oh Abu Yazid, you can pray at home, you're paralyzed. He said, you have no doubt said the truth. But I heard the azan, Hayya al-Falah, and I thought that whoever hears the azan should answer it even by crawling. He goes, how can the Mu'azzin say, Rush to Salat, Rush to Success, and I'm just sitting here. He goes, that's like a monafik. He goes, I have to crawl. And he goes, he would walk. Imagine, they'd help him, how paralyzed. Adi ibn Hatim, who's he? Sahaba, right? Adi ibn Hatim, radiyallahu, let's mention something about him, to get a connection, otherwise, mashallah. Adi ibn Hatim was a Christian. And he was one of those that followed a strange branch of Christianity. You know, one of those like sects. So anyway, to quote a long narration short, his sister got caught and the Prophet was going past the prisoners and the, the woman goes, I am the sister of Adi Ibn Hatim. So the Prophet said, the one who ran away from Allah is messenger. Because he, he ran, he was a chief and he ran. So his sister got embarrassed. But anyway, eventually the message goes to Adi. The sister was released. He goes, Hashem on you. He goes, the one that you're running from showed me all this honor. He goes, go to him. So Adi then goes and he's going at a time when nobody would expect anybody to come. So when he goes, he sits and he sees the Prophet And the Prophet says, come with me, O Adi. So he's walking with him. And then this old woman comes. She takes the Prophet by his hand to the side and she starts talking to him. And the Prophet's lowered his head, listening to Allah. So Adi goes, this does look like a king. He goes, what sort of a king is this? Because <laughs> he thought he was a king. <laughs> he goes, an old woman just grabbed him by the hand and he's put his head down. <laughs> then he goes, he goes further on and he's seeing other things about the prophet. And he goes, he doesn't, he goes, he doesn't even live like a king. Then he takes him to his dwelling. Imagine the dwelling. <laughs> was it a palace? <laughs> so he's looking around and there's one pillow. And he gives the pillow to Adi. <laughs> so Adi goes, oh, Muhammad, oh, you have it. So he goes, no, no, he goes, you have it. <laughs> So then he goes, Adi sits on the pillar and he's looking around thinking, what is this? Then the Prophet starts <laughs> talking to him. 
He goes, oh, Adi. He goes, maybe you think that by embracing Islam, you will lose your respect and your, your position. And he was thinking that. And then he goes, maybe, oh, Muhammad. So then the Prophet said, and he mentioned his sect. So he goes, do you follow this branch of Christianity? And, he, and Adi shocked. He goes, yes. And he goes, do you take 20% in terms you know, sort of, of revenue as the chief? And he goes, yes. Then the Prophet looks at him, he goes, oh Adi, maybe you think that we are poor and we haven't been given you know, honor. But our time is coming. When a woman will travel from Iraq to do Hajj, and she'll have nothing to fear. And the Persians and Roman wealth will be ours. So Adi then thought, will that really happen? He goes, yes. And then what happened? Adi embraces Islam. And then what happened was, there's a lot, there's a lot of report with regards to his embracing Islam, but he became a very dear companion of the Prophet So now let's got a connection. Look at his connection to Salatna. In Ahmed al it mentions, every time the prayer time falls, Adi said, I am eager for it. I am ready to perform it. I have wudu. So he goes, I'm ready. Be well before the azan. He goes, I'm ready for Salat. He also said, Hafiz Zahabi in his seer, volume 3, page 160, ever since I became Muslim, I always made sure to have wudu when the azan is called. In other words, I was never caught out with azan and I wasn't in wudu. So what was he ready for? Salat. Adi ibn Hatim. So why am I mentioning all this? Because the salaf, who taught the salaf? Rasulullah. And he was teaching by action and teaching of course by revelation. And look what they became. Their whole life was geared towards salat. Because they weren't waiting for the azan like we do. They weren't waiting for the iqamat even worse. And they weren't missing prayer. Yunus ibn Abdullah, who is this? Another salaf, rahmatullah He said, what is the matter with me? When I lose a chicken, I get upset. But when I miss the prayer in congregation, I don't grieve. Because what is the matter with me? This is in Abu Na'im al-Hiliya, volume 3, page 19. Sifat the safa volume 3, page 307. So think about that. So modern day, you lose a fiver. What happens? Right? You send certain rescue team out to find it. Right? It's just a fiver. And he goes, what's up with Oh, no, I can't. Oh, no. I've got to retrace my steps. He misses uh, Salat in congregation. He walks in and he's all missed it. And he goes, brother, shall I send a search and rescue party out? And he goes, what for? Because you missed the congregational prayer. He goes, what's that going to do? Oh, so you're more grief of a fiver. So your congregational prayer is worth less than a fiver. You proved it. And which person will get, you know, nobody accepts that. No, brother, congregational prayer is my life. Well, you could have fooled me. So this son of told himself off. You know, lose a chicken, get upset, miss congregational prayer, nothing, no grief. Ahmad ibn Abkes, another one of the Salaf in Ahmad and his Zuhd, he heard some people saying that they find it difficult to concentrate in Salat. So he overheard some people saying, our oh, mind wonders. So he said, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is better for me that swords are striking me, that I feel what you feel in Salat. 
So imagine when you heard people saying, and it's common to me that my mind's all over the place. We even say to each other, how do you concentrate? My mind's all over the place. Salaf goes, he found that so horrific. He goes, I'd rather be struck by swords than to feel that. So what state were they in? In Salat? They were in some other plane. It's like, you know, like you open a door of paradise. Every time they're playing, they go, I'm going to paradise. How happy would you become? Entering Jannat. You won't want to come out? That's the state they were in. And when they came out of Salat, they go, oh, we're back again. And look at this. It's like going to hell in it. Astaghfirullah. Hell. That's British hell. Like, what's happened? Such was the constant reprimands of these giants. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the strength to follow their footsteps. So now let's look at their concentration. The concentration of these souls was so immense. Sufyan al-Thawri, rahmatullah he said, If you witness Mansur ibn al-Mu'tamir offer salat, you would swear he's going to die that same hour. This is in Sifat al-Safa, volume 3, page 114. So Sufyan al-Thawri, he was a giant. So let's get a connection in it. Otherwise, your blogs. Sufyan al-Thawri, rahmatullah he went, there's a report, he went to Iraq, somebody goes, you can stay with us. And in that household, there was a child and he had a pet bird. So Sufyan al had a soft heart. So he told that child, he goes, would you sell me this pet, dear Yuxa? So the child did. So he gave the money, he got the bird, he opened the cage to let the bird go. And the bird flew, left. But then he came back. <coughs> So then the people thought, what's happening? The family. Then he'd open the latch, he'd go and he'd come back. And then they realized he's coming back for Sufyan. Wasn't leaving him. Then what happened? Sufyan al he looked after this pet and he died. Rahmatullah. When he died, the same pet bird was released. But every day it would come to his grave and do tawaf around it. This man, he said, if you witness this man, Mansur ibn al-Mu'tabir, you would think he's dying. He's gone. So think about that. If somebody goes to you, I wonder what Sahaba would look like when they prayed. You would think, this is it. It's over. They, you know, somebody's got a gun to their head. This is their last salat. Compare that to us. That's why yawning is so horrific when you offer salat. You know, at least pretend to do something. Like, you know, I'm in some state. You're yawning in salat. Imagine Sahaba saw that. They're dying in Salat, thinking they're not going to make a next one. Right? Who, you know, what's, who's this guy? Where does he come from? And this is why the Prophet said, whoever yawns in Salat, shaitan's attacked him. That's a hadith. Shaitan's attacked him. Meaning that you've just let shaitan enter. Hafiz Zahabi in his seer, volume 12, page 4, for one Imam Bukhari. Imam Bukhari was once praying one night when a wasp stung him 20 times. When he finished the Salat, he goes, find out something was bothering me. <laughs> so imagine, you know, fly, forget about a wasp. Fly comes, next minute, you're looking from corner of your eye. It's just a fly, right? And then it, and it stops maybe in your head. And all of a sudden, you as a stungy brother. No, wasp, why are you bothered about a fly? Imam Bukhari got stung 20 times. Stung, not, you know, wasp. Ditch, ditch, ditch. He doesn't break his salat. And after he finished, he goes, something was troubling me. Find out what it was. Because you've been stung 20 times. 
It was for this reason that Bakr al-Muzani said, If you want Salat to be of benefit for you, say to yourself, I do not have another chance for another Salat. This is in Jami al-Ulum al-Hikam, page 466. So the Salaf would encourage that because if you want Salat, to, if you want the juice from Salat, always think this is my last Salat. Then you'll get some juice out of it. Keeping these traditions in mind, Muawiyah ibn Murrah rahmatullahi said, I lived during the time of 70 Sahaba and had they lived amongst you today, they would not have recognized any of your acts except Azan. In Abu Na'im al-Hiliya, volume 2, page 209, think about that. Because I live in the era of 70 of the Sahaba. 70. Tabi'in. And look what he said. If they lived amongst you today, they would only recognize the Azam. Let me ask you a question. Who was he talking to? Tabatabi'in. Who's Tabatabi'in? Imam Malik. Imam Shafi. So imagine Imam Malik, Shafi, Imam Ahmad, Shafi'an, Tori, they're all there. And Tabi is blasting him. <laughs> because the only thing Sahaba would recognize among you is Azan. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. What would he have said to us? <laughs> what would he recognize? Imagine Sahaba walking on in Tabatabi's time and they're going, well, they must be Muslims because beautiful Azan taking place. <laughs> That's it. Now the Azan. You hear the Azan now. My God, it's like run to church. Right? You know, what sort of Azan is? You know, the Prophet told you the one with the best voice. <laughs> The one who recites, sometimes you even say the opposite. And how true to finish the Prophet when he said, There will be many performers of Salat nearing the hour, but there will be no reward for their Salat with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is in Tabarani, Kanzul Omar Ibn al Mubarak in his Zuhd, Kiamat Science. He goes, Many, you know, people, this is, I don't know what kind of people around, they go, Kiamat years away, brother. Why? Because masjids are packed. And he's only talking about Jumma. He's not talking about, you know, Fajr. He's talking about Fajr, brother. Oh, yeah, Jumma, ain't it? Oh, right, Jumma. So once a week is packed. MashaAllah. So what does that mean? Because camels, because empty masjids. Who said that masjids are going to be empty? There's going to be many people, the Prophet said, who perform Salat toward the hour. Nothing. It's just mechanics. Rip them out, as they say, rip them out. Like going to a gym. The whole soul of Salat's gone. And it's not a joke. I mean, we reach that time, we're getting there to it. You know, obviously, you don't judge people, but outwardly, you, you know, they're just looking at the wall. One guy, is, you know, as soon as he gives the salam, he looks at the clock. Oh. Then he looks <laughs> look up there, and I was, who are you giving salam to? Right? And somebody, when they're offering salat, it's like, they lie on live coals. You, can't, you know, you get this impression, he, he can't wait to finish. He's just got to get it done. Where are you going, brother? Even when they leave the masjid, the door goes off the hinges, right? Where is he going? As soon as he gets out of masjid, he slows down. Well, hang on a minute. You are rushing through Salat. You are rushing through the entrance. You are rushing out of the exit. And now you slow down. Right? So, what's happening? And he goes, I don't know. Shaitan. Imam Malik, rahmatullahi said, the monafik in the masjid is like a caged bird. Look how beautiful the example is. Why? The cage bird looks like he's happy. He's tweeting. Tweet, tweet. He goes, oh, he's happy. Open that latch. No, 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 no. Why? Because if I open that latch, you see smoke. He goes, that's the monafic in the masjid. He's tweeting. Tweet, tweet. But he can't wait to go. Door open. In fact, that's why they love the, the last rose. Because they want to get out. 
They even say, I don't like praying in front. Why? Because I get stuck. <laughs> because I get stuck, brother. It's not a traffic jump. You know, no, I didn't mean that. What I meant was, I need to get out. Right? So he goes, what do you do then? He's like, last one in, first one out. And that's exactly what the Prophet told you not to do. So the Lord is. So note, congregational prayer <coughs> is of the utmost importance. Now what's shocking? I didn't talk about Salat. People say, brother, you know, I've got a problem with Salat. I'm talking about congregation here. So when you're talking about Salat, that's another level, brother. That's another level. And to finish, the Prophet said, what did he say? He said that Islam will be stripped slowly and surely. And then you will cling on to the next. But the last thing to be stripped would be Salat. So there's nothing left after Salat. So in the past, what happened? They lost Khilafat. They lost, you know, Khilafat Rashidin 30 years. That went. When they cling on to Khilafat, all right, the Rashidin is gone. Then something else happened. It became a kingship. So they lost the Khilafat. Now it became kingship. Then it became a kingdom. You know, all these things started deteriorating one by one. Then you notice other things started going. What is the last domino to fall? Salat. The Prophet goes, there's nothing left after that. Meaning, what's going to happen? All hell's going to break loose. People say, it's Kiamat coming. That last domino needs to stay in place. It's protecting you. Don't let that domino fall. People don't realize how important Salat is. People think, oh, it's just for me. You're protecting the entire community. But people don't realize. You know, subhanAllah. So all I mentioned today was basically the importance of Salat and more importantly, the congregational prayer. And we ask Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, to help us in this and all important matters. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanallah, we have these one. Allahumma, we have the Gashu Laila, Hitler, and the Stafford, and the Lake of the Belay, Michel, and Jimson, and the Bikal of the City of Maisikun, and Salam, and the Mursani, and Hamlet, and the Admin, and the Mursani, and the Salafi Hussel, and the Amu, and the Salafi Hussel, 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 and the Salafi